How good is this? Well done, team. You are amazing. Thank you. Appreciate you. Let's appreciate our worship, guys. Amen. Good job. Good job. How good is this? Well done, everyone who graduated. I love that. I love it. If you're visiting, you're thinking, what in the world? <laughs> what are they doing? Why are they singing? Why are they jumping up and down? I was there once. Okay. But you know, this is a great place to be. This is a place where you can be yourself. And that's not often the case, is it? <laughs> that you can go somewhere and be yourself. But I want to say to some of you in this room, you need to be yourself. There's nobody better qualified to be you than you. And so often in our world, we try and be somebody else. We look at someone else and comparison shrinks you. So stop doing it. Because comparing actually says, Jesus, you didn't do too well with me. Why, why aren't I like them? We're all on the journey. None of us have arrived. We won't arrive until we get to heaven. Um, but there are visitors here. So Steve and Angie are true friends. We all have kind of friends, but there are true friends that I love that the academy is called Journey Academy because it is a journey. But who are you doing the journey with? Who are you doing it with? We're not meant to be on our own. God made us for community. You know, you might be one of those people and say, not for me, I don't like people. Mm, I, was, I was a bit like that once, okay. I don't, I'll be glad when I get out of here. There's too many people in this room. But you know what? We are made to do life well together. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not a great candidate for the gospel. Um, my mum was a manic depressive. My dad, schizophrenic. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, I was abused growing up by... A stranger off the streets abducted me. I was abused by lesbians. I was abused by a family member. Um, I ran a brothel when I was 11. I wasn't top of the list for the academy. <laughs> you know, I was like, no. I took a massive overdose when I was 16. It wasn't a cry for help because I didn't think anyone could help me. Um, I really did want to die. And I took it on a Wednesday, and my brother was working in Scotland, and my mum was in hospital. I'd become a carer. Um, and I took it. I thought, Wednesday, by the time my brother comes back, I will be gone. And his job cancelled. I was furious. And I had to go to hospital, and I'm like, I can't even die in peace. <laughs> Who are these people? Leave me alone. But, you know, God has a plan for you. Um, even if you're visiting tonight and you don't even know that he cares about you, he still has a plan for you. I didn't even know God, but he had a plan for me. I love that Steve said, you know, before you were born, he knew you. He knew me and still made me. How amazing is that? Um, I have four kidneys. Um, I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you're pregnant, I'm not normal, but when I was pregnant, I was epileptic, diabetic, lost my hair, lost my teeth, and they found out I had four kidneys. And my prognosis was I'd die when I was 30. Great news when you're 19. Um, and, you know, kind of, God has done amazing things and healed and done. But when I, I was in the States some years back, and I met a renal surgeon, and he said, Margaret, do you realize that if you didn't have four kidneys, what you took would have killed you? So can you imagine, the Bible says he knits us together, knits us together in our mother's womb. He doesn't fling us. He knits us, hands on God. But can you imagine him knitting me together? He knows the future and he, hmm, idiot at 16. Let's give her some extra equipment. <laughs> you know, that's the sort of God he is. He cares about us. He cares. But can you imagine, he's there like, oh, hey, she's going to be one to watch. You know, and... I look and I think, how amazing are you, God? We've got 
I'd say I had our daughter. We got divorced. Um, and if you're a divorced person, I just want you to, to know that God loves you. People aren't always kind. And, you know, if somebody tells you they're divorced, just close your mouth, people. If you've got nothing nice to say, go, mm, nothing else. Because we say, sometimes because we're embarrassed and sometimes because we don't know what to say, we say stupid things. People said terrible things to me. And I look back, I'm like, what? I mean, my friends were like, oh, I'll have to watch my husband. I'm like, listen, I don't want mine. I definitely don't want yours. <laughs> Why would they say that? It's like, what in the world? So, you know, and I had breast cancer and Fred came home to look after Jane, our daughter. Um, and when I came out of hospital, he said, what would you like to do? And I said, I'd like to go around Europe in a camper. Just point out I was epileptic and didn't drive. Just a little thing. So um, we were divorced from each other. We sold our home, gave away our possessions and went around Europe in a camper van. <laughs> and got saved. Radically, wonderfully met Jesus and changed our lives forever and ever and ever. Um, and so, you know, I had privilege. My mum is the last chapter in my book. Had the privilege to lead my mum to Christ. 72, 73 in a mental hospital. And they said she'd never live the community again. She got radically saved and graduated to heaven at 92. How good is God? How good, there isn't anything too hard for our God. There isn't any, so don't settle. Uh, if you weren't here this morning, I was like, God doesn't want your duty. He wants your devotion. And it's not about coming to church, although that's really important. It's about living a life that makes you want to come back to church. Because that's what makes... So tonight I want to talk about, let's do exploits. You know, if you're visiting and you thought church was boring, it's only boring if you are. <laughs> because Jesus is not boring. He's so not boring. So let's do exploits. An exploit is a, is a striking or notable deed. It's a spirited or heroic act. You know, sometimes just to change is an heroic act. You have to kind of go, I'm going to do it. And that takes guts. If we're going to do things that leave a legacy, my prayer every day is that I'll leave a trail of blessing. You have to be deliberate in that because I can wake up and think, not today. <laughs> I have to choose. So let's do exploits. So we're expecting, you know, what do we expect? When Fred and I ran a youth group and we had this saying, I anticipate the inevitable, supernatural inter intervention of God. I expect a miracle. What do you expect? Because we often get what we expect. If you expect nothing, you get nothing. But, you know, where's your expectation? But it says expect, not demand. You can't demand of God. We can expect of God, but I don't demand of him. But I do expect, and he loves that. We're his children. He's like, yes, get excited. You know, I'm excited every single day by choice. People say to me, why do you stay the same? I'm like, because I know what it looks like not to be. I'm not going back there. And I want to do exploits for God. I want to see things happen. Don't you? Don't you want to do something you've never done? I always want to do that. I'm like, there's things I haven't done yet. It's not like just jumping out of a plane. All my grandchildren have done that. I'm like, no, high heels and planes, no jumping. No, 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 no. No, no, no. So we have to take courage. In Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6 in the message, it says, Be strong and take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down and he won't leave you. You know, sometimes we won't do things because what if? Who are the what if people? 
Yes, I get it. Some of you are just not telling the truth. Where are the what if people? What if? Come on, I'm not going on. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you're trying hard not to be, but it's a habit. But if you can have a bad habit, you can have a good one. And that's a bad habit, but it's just a habit. So if you've got a bad habit, you can have a good one. Think about your bad habits right now. We won't put them on the screen. <laughs> can you imagine? Just check in your bad habits at the door and we'll pop them up there for you. No, we don't do that, okay? But just think about your bad habits and think, I want, it's just a habit. So I can change it. And for a long time, I used to say things like, it's just how I am. Well, that's rubbish. It's rubbish, absolute rubbish. It's just how I am is lazy. That's really what I'm saying, is I'm too lazy to change. And I've made excuses for my behavior, but it doesn't change them. The only way to change your behavior is to choose to get a new habit. And we can change our behavior. And being a Christian is not about behavior modification. It's not about, you know, you've got to get good at things. You've got to choose to believe God loves you. That's all. And he does the rest. But what happens is your behavior does change. I used to smoke 60 cigarettes a day. I was a chimney. <laughs> um, as, you know, and if you're smoking, that's between you and God. But, you know, for me, why I stopped smoking was, Lord, I want an outward sign of inward change. What outward sign do you want of inward change, especially you people who graduated? What do you want? Because you just need to ask for it. I wanted an outward sign of inward change because everyone knew me, knew that I smoked like a chimney. So when I came back to England, we were on Crete, on a Greek island, <laughs> as you do, um, and my family were like, I don't know about this Christian thing, but I can't believe you don't smoke. What would people say about, I can't believe about you? I can't believe you don't swear anymore. I can't believe you don't steal. And don't pretend you don't. We all steal something. Somebody it might be one-liner from somebody. It might be just that I want to be like them. You're actually stealing their identity and it belongs to them. Don't try and be like anybody. Just enjoy being you. There's nobody better to be you than you. And so often we want to be someone else. And you don't have to be. When Jesus made you, he said, oh, very good. He didn't go, oh, no. What should I do with her? He didn't. I love that. Can you imagine what you thought when he made a giraffe? I can't wait to ask him. That neck and those legs. Like, what were you thinking? I've asked him a few times what he was thinking when he made me, but well, I'll leave that to him and I. Um, and in Joshua, it says, um, one in Joshua, Joshua's a book in the Bible if you're visiting. You know, when I first went to church, we went to an American church on an American airbase. And... Um, they were talking about the word. I was fascinated in lots of ways. And if you're visiting tonight, you might have been the same. But I went in. They didn't have overhead projectors. They didn't have anything. But they knew the songs. And they had Bibles that they looked like they read. You know, I'd gone to church where the dust was on them on the shelf. And I'm like, oh, look, they've got them in their bag. Looks like they take them home. Oh, that might mean they read them. Um, and then they started to sing. And they closed their eyes. There was no sheets. There was no... And I thought, how rude is this? And I looked up their noses. I'm like, what are they doing? And I thought, they've gone to heaven without me. It's very rude. I'm like, huh. And then this guy got up to preach, which I now know is a gospel message, but he was saying things like, no matter how good you are, you're not going to heaven. I'm taking notes by then. I'm like, who is he to decide who's going to heaven? But being good doesn't get you to heaven. But at the time, I thought that was my philosophy. 
I don't do too much bad-ish. Um, and if there's a God, he'll be all right with me. You know, it was like, and he's like, no, that won't get you there. I'm like, mm, we'll see. Um, and then he said, at the end, he said, if you feel God's spoken to you, I'm like, the man's on drugs. God's speaking to you. Now, Fred, if you've met Fred, he is nothing like me. He's nice. <laughs> he's really nice. He's pastoral. He's kind. Um, and so he said, if you feel like God has spoken to you, I'm like, mm, we'll see. Um, put your hand up. Now, I'm the demonstrative one. I'm the crazy one. He put his hand up. I'm like, put your hand down. We came here for food and the movies. You've not come for God. See, it doesn't matter why you've come tonight. I didn't go to church for God at all. I didn't really want to know. I'd already told them, listen, I'm not interested in God. That's what I told them when they invited me. I want food and I want the movies. And they're like, well, come to church and then you can go to the movies. I'm like, Christians always have a hook. <laughs> always. Why can't I just do the movies? But I thought, oh, well, we'll go and see. And Fred put his hand up. And then Jane, who was nine at the time, put her hand up. Put them down. It's not what we came for. And he said, um, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you feel like God has spoken to you and you've raised your hand, come to the front. And I thought, oh, there is a God in heaven. Fred will never get out of his chair. He's not like that. And as I'm saying, I'm glad there's a God in heaven, he walks past me. And Jane is following him. And I looked at him. Now, I had understood the man said, without Jesus, you couldn't go to heaven. And I'm, like, I'm looking at him, and I've just got him back. And I think, if he thinks he's going to heaven without me, he's joking. And I marched my little body down to the front of the church and got radically saved. But I didn't go for the right reasons, but I stayed for the right reasons. It doesn't matter why you come. It matters why you stay. And God got me. Between my chair and the front, he got me. I'm like, wow. And I met Jesus, and I've never been the same. And I just want to encourage you that you can't just come to church. You have to know Jesus. He is so amazingly wonderful and kind and compassionate. And he'd done nothing wrong, and he laid aside his majesty. And he died on the cross. Even if you've never come to church, you've heard of Easter. I hope. If not, I'll have a chat later. Um, but, you know, he died on the cross and he rose again. Why? Because he saw you and me coming. He didn't need to die. He chose to die. You might say tonight, I don't need God. But you can choose God. And he's already chosen you before the foundation of the earth. He knew you. And he gives us free will. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would make you. <laughs> I'm not God, you'll be very pleased to hear. But he gives us free will to choose. Deuteronomy 30 is my defining word. And, and so that's where I was going with that story. And they kept talking about the word when we were at church. The word, the word, you need the word. So Fred and I came out and went, there must be a password for this church. Did they tell you the password? Anybody tell? No one mentioned password to me. But they kept talking about the word. You know, forgive us if you're visiting and we say things you don't understand, but talk to us. I went to them and said, what's the password? They fell around laughing. I'm like, well, that's all you said. You didn't say Bible. You said word. And I thought, there must be a password. So we do say funny things, but so do you. <laughs> so Joshua 1, 6. Be strong and courageous. 
because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers, to give them to be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law of my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it from the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. This is Joshua. He's about to do an exploit. He's about to enter in. He's about to take over um, the whole tribe. And he's, he's like, uh, me? Are you sure? And I love that God's like, don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed. Very easy. And God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed. He wants us to be secure. So, again, if you're visiting, you can still stand up, okay? This is what we call ministry. We actually care about people. I know it's funny, isn't it? But we do. Um, and if you're an over, someone who gets overwhelmed, even if you're visiting tonight, I want you to stand up because God's going to meet you and he's going to deal with it in a way that you will just be set free because he doesn't want us overwhelmed. He wants us secure. So if you find life overwhelms you, stand up right now, I'm going to pray. If you're visiting, that's not weird, it's normal. Okay, praying is just talking to God and he's going to do. I love that you stood. I love that you stood. But don't be overwhelmed because when we're overwhelmed, we shrink back. And in Hebrews, it says, if you shrink back, I'll not be pleased with you. And we all want to please God. But again, being overwhelmed can be our kind of excuse not to do anything. So if you're comfortable, just close your eyes, just to block out everybody else. This is a you and God moment. And pray with me. Jesus, today, I believe you. That you said I could be strong and courageous and do exploits. So from today, I'm going to break the habit of being overwhelmed. I'm going to change my language. And I'm going to say, in Christ, I can do all things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well done. Good job. Good job. Well done. Well done. You have to overcome. That, and for me, those moments, and I want you to go home, if you stood tonight, write it down and date it and say, that was the day I chose, that I am not going to be overwhelmed. I'm just going to choose not to be. Where's, was it, is it Cindy? Uh, where are you? Cindy, I, I just want to say to you, I love that you had um, Sherry with our Margaret. Um, but I believe God in this season of your life is going to put you before people that are gonna, you're going to be surprised. I'm sure when she gave you a share, you were like, really? Um, but God's going to, he hasn't finished. He's just starting with you. He's going to open doors for you. He's going to put you before people. You're going to have influence like you've never had before. And in places that you, if I told you, you'd be like, no, seriously. But he is. He's going to do that for you, Cindy. Um, there's something on you that is very secure. And people are looking for secure leaders. And that's you. And he is going to open up doors for you to take others on the journey of being a secure leader. You're not just graduating. You're moving forward into something that only God can do for you. And keep looking and do exploits. You know, when people tell you can't do things, smile and wave. <laughs> Father, I pray for Cindy right now. Thank you. She is the student of the year, but she is your student of life. And that you're going to give her favor and she's going to prosper and her soul is going to prosper and she's going to do things that will be part of her story that will change lives and circumstances and situations way above anything she could imagine or think in Jesus' name. I'm excited. 
I will come and watch. I love it. God is no respecter of persons. And, and, and sometimes when we feel overwhelmed, we think, no, not me, send somebody better. There's nobody better than you to be you. Nobody. And here he is, Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. They were going to go in and take land. And some of you need to take land. Some of you have kind of withdrawn from family members, from life, from promotions. You're like, no, I've done that. I've tried. That didn't work. And you haven't taken the land that is yours. And so from today, I want to encourage you, go take the land. Whatever your land is, whether that's a land that you know that it's a workplace or a family member. And you know, sometimes you can be right and still be wrong. You can be right and still be wrong because your attitude can be wrong. And sometimes to heal in the, and take back family land, you have to just choose to be humble and say, please forgive me. Even if you're not, you know, that nearly chokes me. Like, I'm not wrong. I'm not saying please forgive me. But you know, I'm wrong because my attitude is wrong. And so take back the land the land where you know that you should be, the land of confidence, the land of hope, the land of security, the land of peace, it's yours. And so often we give it up and say, oh, I, I can't do that. No, you can. Be strong and courageous. And strength comes from God. It's not, I'm not asking you to stir up something that you haven't got. These are gifts from God. He will take you and, and mold you and encourage you and build you into places that you couldn't have imagined. I've gone to places, you know, for us to be in Australia is crazy. But I love this nation. But you're here. And so let's make sure that we take back the land. Let's make sure that we take it. Cambridge needs you to shine your light. Cambridge needs you to go out there and tell people there is hope. I walked around, when did I arrive? Whatever day I arrived. And I walked around, I'm like, there's, a, there's so much wealth of wisdom here. But people are not enjoying it. There's great intellect here, but intellect alone doesn't give you joy. It may give you achievements, but it doesn't give you joy. You know, you got your certificates tonight, but it's not about the certificate. It's about what God's done in you. Yes, you'll keep the certificate. You know, you've earned it. Keep it. Frame it. You know, I'd had to do the same sort of thing in Australia. And I'm like, mine is going on my desk. I want everyone to know I made it. Um, and you should be in that place. But it, it wasn't about the bit of paper. And it never is. But it is about taking that land inside you and saying, yes, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to see God do things in my life, in my family, in my business. Um, I want to pray for business people tonight. So if you've got a business or you want a business, because I believe we need to bless the wealthy. I think we need them. We, we want to honor you. We want to honor your commitment. So if you've got a business or you want to start a business, you're an entrepreneur, I want to pray for you. So can you stand up? So whether you're in church or not, I'm not just praying for church people, okay? We pray for everybody here. So if you've got a business and God, I believe God wants to bless you. Amen? So pray with me. Jesus, take my business, take my ideas, and breathe on them. Make them strong. Help me to be create, creative and willing. Give me favor. Open doors for me. I want to do exp exploits in my business that will make the world a better place. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good on you. Good on you. Cheer them on. Well done. I love this. You're going to have a business that's going to change the world. You're going to have a business that people will go, there's something about them. It's not just what I do. It's about who they are. And God wants to use all of us like that. But, you know, we need kingdom businesses. We need businesses that are not just about making money, though money is a great thing to have. It's about the kingdom. It's about extending. It's about bringing change. And in businesses, we need godly people who will just do it right. Do it right, but be so successful that the world watches and goes, oh, my word, have you seen? They are doing the impossible because we serve a God of the impossible. And, you know, my mum, as I say, is the, the third chapter the last chapter in my book, but she was impossible. And the doctors are like, and when I phoned the psychiatrist, I knew her really well. I grew up in a mental institution. <laughs> That's no excuse for my behavior, because <laughs> there is none. But, you know, I knew her really well, and I phoned her, and I said, my mum has been saved, and she said, Margaret, she's too old. She's too far down the drug route. I'm like, well, my Bible says, because I know you're, this is going to shock you, but your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> So keep it to yourself. Um, but, you know, my Bible says, not my opinion, my Bible says that she's dressed and in her right mind. I said, so could you see her? And she said, all right. That was Monday. She saw her Tuesday, sent her home, and she never, ever went back. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? It's exploits. But I had to have a go. You know, like, who wants to phone a psychiatrist and say, my mum's healed? Like, do you want a bed? Do you want a bed? Do you want a bit loopy? You know, but God is bigger than all of our fears and our doubts and our what ifs. He is more than able to accomplish what concerns you today. More than able, not just able. God's not just like, oh yeah, have a go. No, he's with you as you have a go. He'll take you on that journey. He'll take you to that place where you can actually forgive, to choose to forgive. You know, my dad was mean to me, only because he didn't know how else to be, just knew mean. Um, but, you know, when I chose to forgive him, I had more freedom than he did. Because yeah. unforgiveness hurts you more than anybody else. Yeah. And so if you need to forgive tonight, just choose to do it. Just choose to forgive. Because unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. You're the one dying. I've been there. So choose to forgive. And then we'll see God do amazing things. And that's what the key for my mum was. She'd had water therapy, sleep treatment, shock treatment. But one of the keys was forgiveness. I'm like, mum, if you forgive. And she prayed the most childlike prayer and did. And God set her free. And, you know, we need to live in freedom. That's what church is about. It's about setting the captives free. It's about opening blind eyes. It doesn't mean you're physically blind. You can be blind to how amazing you are. And some of you, that's true in here. So let's make sure that we are secure enough to ask for help. Just be secure enough. You know, and if you're struggling in your marriage, I just want to ask you to say, help me. Might choke you. <laughs> help me. But, you know, when we help each other, things change. And if you can't ask your, your husband, wife, or partner to help you, you're not likely to help, ask God to help you either. And I ask him to help me all the time because it shows that I'm dependent on him and not, interdependent, uh, not independent. We talked about that a bit this morning. So were we up for it, church? Yeah. I think what you're doing here is stunning. Look, it's Sunday night. You could be doing anything else, and you're here. Some of you I know perhaps would have chosen not to be, but you're here anyway. 
So well done, ticking the box. Heaven is cheering. But, you know, come back. Come back and look at church with, with fresh eyes. Come into this building. Find out the story. If you're visiting, talk to someone and find the story of this amazing miracle building. And church, don't forget it's a miracle. Please don't forget it's a miracle. I will be back and I will ask you. So make sure you keep telling people about this miracle building. Will you do that for me? Good. Okay, can we stand to our feet? We've got one more very real and definite prayer that we need to pray as the team come. Because, you know, like I did, the pastor said, you need to know Jesus. And I didn't really believe him. But, you know, who am I? Um... But there needs to be a response. And you can know, you may know all about church. You might have heard all about Jesus. But my mum knew all about the queen. She knew her favourite biscuits. She knew her favourite tea. She knew her children's names. She knew her date of birth. But she never met the queen. So knowing about Jesus is not enough. It's knowing who he is and accepting him as part of our lives and Lord and Saviour. And he's here for you tonight. And he's a prayer, a simple but profound prayer away. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. If you're visiting, I know you won't do that because you're like, I'm not shutting my eyes. I might take my, my phone. I want to see what these weird people are doing. So I get that. The only, I want to explain why we do that. It's because we are visual people and when we close our eyes, we just shut out distractions. And this for us is the most important part of our service. So we just ask you to just respect the people around you and just close your eyes for a moment. Because I'm going to ask you a very real question. Do you know Jesus? Not know about him. Do you know him as your Lord, as Savior, as your best friend? Maybe you did once and you've walked away. Maybe when you were really young, even in a Sunday school setting, and you you prayed that prayer and said, Jesus be Lord, and then you walked away. Well, he never left you. Never. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We think if we've done something wrong, God's gone. No, no, no. It's not not true. It's not biblical. He never leaves us. It was you who moved and now he's calling you home. So if you're in either of those categories, whether you want to know him for the first time, you're not even sure if you want to know him, but you'd like to have a look, or whether you're coming back to him, having been on a journey, I want you to raise your hand and just say, Margaret, Pray with me. I'm going to pr- we're all going to pray. No one's going to be embarrassed. Good decision. Just raise your hands right now around the building and just say, yes, Margaret, pray for me. I want to see my life turn around. I want to be secure in knowing that I'm loved and forgiven and chosen. Anyone else want to join them? Good decision. Well done. Good decision. Hands going up. I'm going to wait one more minute. Good decision at the back. Well done. God is going to do. We're going to pray together. Good decision. Love that. We're going to pray all together. Nobody's going to embarrass anybody, but we are going to pray it out loud together. So if your hand's raised, you can put it down right now. But I want you to pray this prayer with me, a sincere prayer God hears. Okay, are we ready, church? We're going to pray it with them. Ready? Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you you died for me. Thank you you rose again so I could have life. I accept you, Jesus. As my Lord, as my Saviour, as my very best friend, thank you I'm forgiven. I forgive myself. I want to be yours all the days of my life. Make them count and let's do exploits. In Jesus' name.
Amen, amen, amen. Well done. Good job. Good job. I love that. There were many hands up around the room. That's why we do church. Don't ever forget that's why we do church, is that people can find the Jesus that we know and love. Can I pray for you as a church? Lord, I want to thank you for Stephen and Angie. I want to thank you for their pastor's heart, for their passion, for their zeal, for their commitment to this city and this nation. And Lord, I pray that you would give them a fresh anointing, a fresh revelation of how precious they are to you and to the church here and for all that you still have for them. Lord, many exploits, many exploits for this couple that they would do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything they could imagine or think. And they have a big imagination. Just look at this building. And for the rest of the church, Lord God, I pray too that we would go on the journey with them, that we would believe with them, that we would see your kingdom come, that we would see your will done, that lives would be changed and Cambridge would be saved in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, love you, be blessed.